Hey, this is Cody. And Kevin. And Franklin. Thanks for joining us on the Conversations on Jesus podcast. Pull up a chair and hang out as we talk about who Jesus is and what that means for our lives. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Conversations on Jesus podcast. I'm Kevin and as always, I'm here with Franklin and Cody. You guys doing okay? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing really good. Nice. In this episode of the Conversations on Jesus podcast, we continue working through Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. We'll be in chapter six of the Gospel of Matthew, and we look at and talk about giving to the needy and the uh, Lord's Prayer. You guys ready to go? Yeah. I'm ready to go. We decided we're going to cap it at the Lord's Prayer because there's going to be enough for us to talk about. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be a good episode, and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to, to have everyone join us. So we just wrapped up. If you listened to the last episode... Um, you heard us uh, end with the talk, well, in s- several sections of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you a, a few times. He talked about anger and murder, um, uh, adultery, oath-taking, loving your enemies uh, at the end. And then now um, there's a, a slight transition where Jesus is no longer saying, you've heard it said um, or you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, now he begins in chapter six by saying, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Uh, He continues, thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What is Jesus talking about there with, with uh, practicing righteousness, um, not being seen by people, uh, doing it for a reward, it sounds like, um, and then giving to people who need it? What's he talking about? What are you guys seeing in there? Yeah, so a couple things. I'm just going to hit on our different translations real quick. What are you reading? Oh, that was the ESV. The ESV. So the NIV um, says uh, on the tail end of verse 2, truly I tell you they've received their reward in full. No more. They're not going to get anything else. Like their their reward here on heaven or on earth was the reward they're going to receive. Yeah. Yep. And then um, mine starts out with be careful, which is interesting with beware, be careful, I, I think. Where, where, where do you see be careful? Uh, sorry. Uh, very first uh, very first verse. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Chapter 6. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One. Yours yep. says be careful. Mine says be careful. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I think beware is a lot better because, like, when I think of beware, I think of, like, a beware of dog sign. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not going to stick around if I see a dog coming out. But when I think of be careful, I think of, like, tread lightly, mm. you know? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Like, we're still going to navigate through it, but gonna kind of watch our back whereas beware it's like i'm out right any any like false thing coming at me or something that's not supposed to be there gone i'm dipping yeah okay that's interesting i hadn't thought of that um yeah i'm glad you brought that up i often look at the different translations but that didn't stick out to me yeah be careful not to so okay so um I was thinking that NIV said, be careful of practicing your righteousness before other people, but it says, be careful not to. Yeah. And then the ESV says, beware of practicing. So, okay. They're both saying the same thing, but I get how the language changes it um, a little bit. Yep. Uh, What's wrong with practicing our righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them? 
What's the big deal? Why is Jesus all bent out of shape about that? Because we're not giving the glory to him. We're giving the glory to ourselves for mm-hmm. doing that action. Yeah. And so uh, when I was reading this section, it sparked this like thought of like, again, kind of going back to what we said last episode, right? Uh, this idea of how do we apply what Jesus is saying to our lives. Uh-huh. And so like balancing between doing something good and wanting to say, guys, like I'm happy because doing something good, whether it be giving your time, giving money, giving energy, whatever that is, right? To someone who is without, if it should make us feel good. And then for me, I asked myself like, okay, in that good feeling, I have that desire to share that good feeling. And is that boast boasting mm. about giving to the needy? Because that like, it makes me happy to do that, mm-hmm. right? As it should all of us. But it's that balancing of like, well, I don't want to be bragging about it yeah. because clearly Jesus says not to, yeah. but it made me super happy. And yeah. so, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, but how do I share that happiness yeah. without coming across as like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Right. So my question would be, is it happiness or like fulfillment? Like, like the feeling of, I just did something good. Like, Oh, okay. So sometimes I I don't even know what a good example would be. Like tipping at a restaurant. Yes. 100%. That's, that's what I think of every time. So I typically tip the bill every time. Yeah. My meal isn't actually that much. And for every one, one of me who tips the bill, there's how many Mm -hmm. that tip 32 cents Mm -hmm. or nothing at all or nothing. You know what I mean? And so like when in the conversation about tipping, Uh yeah, I usually tip the bill. Right. Like how do I go about that? without sound, sounding braggadocious. Right. right. Because I, I, it is, it's a fact, it's mm-hmm. truth, that that's what I do. Right. Because I financially, I've been okay enough to do that. And in the context of a conversation about tipping, I'm not going to lie and say, right. well, yeah, I tip 20%, right. when that's not the truth. Right. Well, and going out to eat by yourself around here is like $15. Right. Maybe. And Right. And so that's where I'm like, is that boasting about giving to the... And not not that they're well, needy, but right. right. So it seems like. Well, it doesn't seem like. I mean, Jesus says, "Beware of practicing your righteousness, or be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them." And it goes back to that intent of: Are you doing it for the recognition, right, or because you truly enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's true. Right. And like in that situation, I'm not doing it so that I can walk out and see them look at. Whoa. Yeah. You guys didn't grow up in Hastings, did you? Like you yeah. were, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never knew that. I did, I did not. Yeah, you didn't. I knew, okay. Were you here? Were you here? <laughs> Where's the Arby's restaurant in town yeah. when you were? Do you remember the bell that they had in there? Mm-hmm. And you That's, could ring it as you walk out. Yeah. If it was a good meal. Yeah. Like you liked your meal, uh-huh. ding the bell. I, I always like doing that. Uh, Wendy's still has one. Oh, do they really? I think so. Okay. Or they did. I think I went to an Arby's. I was in like Grand Rapids. I had one. Yeah. And I just rang the bell. <coughs> eh, whatever. That's yeah. what I think of here. Yeah. Is I, I did something good. And just in case you guys didn't know what I did, I'm going to go ahead and hit this bell on my way out. And that way you know I just did something here. And Jesus seems to be, I keep saying seems. Jesus says, if you do that, you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Why? Because you just got it. You got what you wanted. You did what you did so that others would look at you and go, man, what a guy. He tipped the bill. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that recognition from someone on earth versus our yeah. Father in heaven. The the ego fulfillment of doing it. Right. Yeah. And so your question about it makes you happy, mm-hmm. 
or you get fulfillment, your point, Franklin, I think is coming from the same place. It's um, why would I do something like that for somebody? Here's where it's going to sound selfish because I want a reward from my father in heaven because he says, so he says in verse two, therefore, when you give to the needy, (laughs) sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward, what we just said. They did what they did, and then beyond that, they announced it so that just in case uh, that group of people over there didn't see what happened, we'll make a big show of it, and they go, oh, man, what what great you know yeah. people. But he says, but when you, give to the de- when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, which is basically just saying, nobody needs to know this. Like mm. even looking at your hands, how are they not going to know? They're your hands. But to that extreme, keep it between you and the Lord so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So when I do this, when I give to the needy, <clears throat> um, I do it. Well, we said the last episode, love God and love others. That's what's driving me to do hopefully everything that I do. The other part of it is, though, is because I want my Father in Heaven to reward me. And that sounds like, how can you say you're going to have a a podcast on Jesus and be the most arrogant person I've ever heard on a podcast? You give to the needy so that you can get something from God? And I say, absolutely, that's what I do. I want a reward from my Father in Heaven. That's why I will give to the needy, and I will make sure none of you know about it. You, and, you and know, that, that's that sets the, it apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because without that, making sure that no one knows about it or doing it in secret, it's like, oh, are you really given? Right. But, <laughs> right. but it, right. And it's like, you, because when I think of giving, right, that's, it's, you give without expectation of return. Right. Right. And if you're giving in public, not in private, are you really giving? Or are you using it as as uh, an avenue or a way to get something? Right. And it's that it's that kind of backhanded motivation. I, I would say is, you know, you're not giving. You're wanting that in return, and so you make it known. Whereas when you make it in secret, right, you, you truly are just giving because right. you feel called or led that it's the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my example would be. Um, so downtown Lansing, Pennsylvania in uh, 96, where you go around the loop, um, there's almost always a homeless person standing at that loop. Um, personally, I almost never give to that homeless person. Mm-hmm. But I like it 100% situational. Like to me, I feel like people can get a job. Personally, I, I feel that way. Um but if someone is willing to come up to me personally on a personal level, I see what you're saying. You're probably going to scam me. I'm not going to lie. And maybe not scam me. Maybe you're going to use that money for good. But I will probably give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think about like a hitchhiker. Mm hmm. I've never picked one up. Neither have I. Never. Me either. I, mean, I think about picking hitchhikers <laughs> up all the time. No, that's funny that you I've say that. I thought about it, right? <laughs> we all know someone who does it almost every time he sees one. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Yep. No joke, almost every time he sees a hitchhiker, he's picking them up. Yeah. Granted, to him, the circumstances are different right. and, and whatnot. And so, I, I, yeah. But it's it's that idea. Like, I've thought about it a lot. 
but I never acted on it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's that weird, um, relationship between doing something because you're going to get something or as the world often talks about doing it selflessly. And, and the way that, that selflessly is, is defined is that you get nothing for it. Nobody says anything to you. The problem is the new Testament. And the problem is Jesus, because Jesus says you do get something for it and you want to be rewarded from it. The difference is, though, you're going to be rewarded from your father in heaven, not from the people that you did it for. So earlier in Matthew 5, it says you love those who love you. What reward do you have? Right. You know, Um, even the Gentiles do that. Even the unbelievers do that. You're not doing anything that's that's outrageous. You're not set apart for any reason. Right. Because people who don't even follow me and believe me, they're right. doing that too. Right. So, yeah. And and Jesus's counsel isn't to not practice your righteousness. It is to do it in secret. And um, I don't want to uh, labor that point any more than we need to, but I, I think it's something that we sometimes miss or breeze over that. Well, I can't, I can, I need to be careful about doing good because then I'll get a puffed up head or I'll think more highly of myself than I should. That will only happen if the reason you're doing those things is that the person for whom you're doing them for can pay you back or the person or the people that see you doing that thing can think a certain way about you. Yeah. That's where that motivation is coming from. Right. And where that intent starts from in in your heart is, is it for something here? Right. Or for a kingdom much greater than here. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, I just want to, specify that it's not just financially absolutely right i mean mean, it could be time our examples were uh, financially but it's not always it can be but sometimes right yeah right um and and so the last thing that i'll say here is so some people would say a hypocrite is somebody who does something for someone in order to get something in return jesus says a hypocrite is somebody who does something for someone hoping to get something in return from them. A hypocrite is not a a disciple of Jesus who does something in order to get a reward from their father in heaven. I was going to say, because if if that's the definition of hypocrite, then we're all hypocrites. Right. We all go to work. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, we're all hypocrites if if our motivation (laughs) is something from here. To be praised by people. You know what I mean? Because if we go by Jesus' definition, right? You're not a hypocrite if it's for Lord upstairs. Yeah, if you want a reward from him. Right, and you're not a hypocrite. And that's why it's almost uncomfortable talking about it because we've so bought into this idea of what hypocrisy is and we're like, ah, no, I can't. If I do, like your example, if I do something good, I keep, nobody can see me point at Cody (laughs) when I say that. If I do something good for someone, if I tip the bill or whatever, I automatically would start to feel bad or you can think of somebody feeling bad because you just did that so that God would like you more. Well, that's a weird way. But there, there's Jesus says it. You get a reward from your Father in heaven for doing something good for another person in such a way that nobody knows about it. Maybe not even the person that you did it for. They don't know who you are. They can't come to you and, and say, oh, you know, thank you so much or, or whatever. Well, that, that's what I hope for every time is that they don't see it until I'm already gone. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, and it's that idea of like, they don't know me. Some of them do, some of them, most of them don't, but like, they don't know me. And so when I think about that, right, it's, 
the motivation at its core is yes, right? Mm -hmm. It's to please God. Right. Right. But in the moment, because that almost feels weird to say, I'm doing this because I want my reward from God. It's I'm doing this because it's going to help that person. Oh, absolutely. You love you know God I mean? and you love others. And yeah. Right. And it's oh, totally. for me, it, when I put it in that perspective of like, I'm doing this, I'm putting this tip down because I want my reward to be good from God. Like I that, hear what you're that, saying. When I think of that, I'm like, uh. Then are you really loving that person? Yeah. They, the two can go together. And they are together. Yeah. Right. But for me to think about that. I see what you're saying. I it's easier for me to to think and get to that point through okay i'm helping this person right and in helping that person i'm i'm showing love to god right and we'll get my reward. but yeah and your reward as you're talking i'm thinking your reward might be you just got 15 more people that you can help and yeah. they're never going to know about it and nobody's ever going to know about it that's the type of reward i'm thinking of i'm not thinking oh i'm doing this so that so that god can give me a nice car that is, that's a, uh, that's no gospel at all. That's not any, you can't find that in the, in the New Testament. That's nothing. That reward's not from God then, is it? Right, right. right. Like, uh, again, you're doing it for the motivation of something here. That's right. And could God provide you with a new car? Sure. Yeah. But your motivation is for that new car in, in that context, right. not, yeah. Right. I want whatever the reward is mm-hmm. because I know who it's coming from. Not, I'm doing this because I want a new house. And, okay, as a side, God's the one that's going to give me the house. I guess that's going to, yeah. That's a workaround manufactured thing that is, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, definitely um, misapplying or yeah. misappropriating the verse. Yeah. For sure. As as we're talking about uh, Cody tipping the bill, uh, vivid memory, our very first time. You're in trouble, by the way, about <laughs> tipping the bill. Not Now everybody knows that you tipped the bill. I know. <laughs> Uh, Good luck with your reward. We this is bad. <laughs> I should not have given this example. This we, uh, we we went out to eat for uh, we we go out to eat sometimes, you know, double date just ourselves. <laughs> and uh, he told me he tipped the bill, and I was like, "Oh, really? High roller?" And I was I was like making fun of him, and then he told me his reason. And I felt terrible. <laughs> I was like, "Now I'm that so- makes me sound even worse." <laughs> right. No, 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 it wasn't like a derogatory way. It was yeah. just like, oh, I, I just picked on him for his way of serving others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, vivid memory right there. Had to stick it in there. I get it. <laughs> and like, that's the way of me, I, like for me, and like, I hate to keep going back to that, but like, that's the way that I can do it in secret. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Because my goal is to be out of that building before they even see it. That's right. Exactly. Because I don't, I don't want them to come say thank you. Right. Because that's not why you're doing it. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jesus talked about um, a, a particular type of hypocrite in verses one through four, and that hypocrite is somebody who does something so that other people can praise them for it. He's going to talk about a second type of hypocrite in verses five through fourteen. He says, "And when you pray, so so in verse." Um, uh, I'm sorry, verse 1 of chapter 6. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. And then in verse 5, he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Okay, so what type of hypocrites are these? For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, 
go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in, who sees in secret will what? Reward you. Will reward you again. The rewarding thing comes up again. But now it's with prayer. And it's, it's a weird uh, situation to think of, of people standing on a street corner praying so that people walking by would go, oh, look how pious they are. Look how godly they are. That, that would be the weirdest thing for me to... Like that, even that thought, right? Like of looking at them and saying, oh, look, look at them. Right. How do, how do you get to that thought? Right. You, you've never had the thought that your prayer is in, no? No, no, no. The thought of someone is standing on, on the street corner, right? And me walking by saying, because they're on that corner praying, their faith is so strong. I get right. what you're saying. Yep. Like for, like for me, that thought of look at them, their faith is so strong because they're doing this, mm-hmm. even seems... Like odd. Yeah, that one does. I thought you were referring to like hear like you ever just hear a good prayer. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man. I wish I could pray like I that. wish I right. Yeah. yeah. No, I I was referring to the thought of looking at someone mm-hmm. and saying, Wow, their faith is so strong because they're praying on the street. And and I defi- I, I specify that because they're praying because it for me, I think it is neat to step back and say, Kevin your faith is super strong and that's super cool, but you're not standing on the street praying to get me to think that. Right. I would be a hypocrite if I did that. Right. And that difference for me is, is to get to that thought of like, hmm. Right. So, so Jesus describes who the people are. It's not, it's not plainly people who pray on the street. If you want to pray in the street and that's something that you're, I don't, I can't, I don't know the situation would be right now, but their, uh, right to life was in town. Um, in town they had a, a meeting in town uh, earlier in the year or at the end of last year or doesn't matter when they were praying on the street yeah but this so i'm not against praying on the street what what i would be against and what it looks like jesus is against here is people who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they might be seen by others they're not praying so that they can talk to their heavenly father or appeal to him or ask him to do things or to bless other people or to bless them or to any number of things. What they are praying for is so that people can see what they're doing and, and go, man, they are godly people. The earthly recognition exactly is what they're looking for. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And it goes back to that piece just like with the, uh, the section before this. Mm-hmm. Where they give me to, like, it's that motivation. Yep. yep. Like why, what in your heart right. or where is your heart? in deciding to do that action. Right. So to think of that person, what are they going to get from a prayer like that? Jesus says, whatever they're going to get, they've already received it. I don't care what you prayed for. The reason you were praying was not really so that you could get whatever you prayed get for. Whatever you prayed for is good or bad as that may be. I don't know. The reason that you were praying is that so people could see you and that happened. So in that sense, you need nothing from God. He's not going to give you anything because you don't need anything from him because you already received the the reward from him. Jesus says that when you pray, disciples of mine, an entire multitude that is listening to me right now, when you guys pray, go in your room and make sure nobody even knows about it and pray to your father who is in secret and the one who sees in secret will reward you. That's a, that's a completely different thing mm-hmm. than hypocritical, doing something, giving to the needy, praying so that others can see them and think highly of them and not ever know the God 
um, with whom they're supposed to be in relationship with. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's, it's it appears so evident in the world we live in now, mm-hmm. right? And like mm-hmm. um, something that like I just saw the other day was there's an Instagram account created solely around taking pictures of preachers' shoes. Huh. Because in a lot of large churches, uh, a lot of money financially is coming through. I was like, what are you talking about? And so like a lot of these preachers in these particular situations are wearing very expensive shoes, like thousands of dollars per pair for shoes. And for me, it's like, it's that idea of that, like, why are you wearing them? Right. It's for that recognition here. Right. Like, and it's not, that doesn't come from a place of judgment. Cause I'm not the one to judge them. But it, for me, it, I read that earlier this week and it sparked that thought of like, hmm. if they're believers in Jesus, I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's not your place to judge them. And I, and I get that it, we, if that happens in our group, we should feel comfortable in saying, man, that ain't right. Well, what are you doing? And that for me is like, that's kind of where it comes from. Yeah. Or that base of the, the questioning comes from of like, why are you, why do you feel the need is it, is it so you can fit in with this certain crowd? Right. I, I don't know. Yep. I, I don't know what their motivation is, but like you said, if we're believers, why are we not calling each other for what we see? That's right. And and beyond just just asking questions around, like, hey, why are you doing that? Not necessarily even calling you out, saying it's wrong or right. Just why? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's often plenty. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it is too. <laughs> Yeah. Just that one piece of recognition. Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, pray in secret so that no one's going to find or see you, but your father will see you. And in verse seven, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And here comes the common pushback from people. Well, if my father already knows what I need, why do I have to ask him? So when that question is asked, the thing that I want to think of is, okay, so so you just read or heard Jesus say, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus is saying that in connection with offering up many words. And I think that idea is in order to get something from God, in order to manipulate him into giving me what I want, I'm going to use many, many, many words, and that will get me what I want. And Jesus says, look, he already knows what you need. It's not therefore don't ask. It's therefore just ask him. Be direct in, in your praying. Yeah. And be focused in that. Like dial it in. Right. It doesn't take twelve hundred words to present your request. Right. And and I think yeah, I think that's what right. like I'm getting out of it too, is like it's okay to be direct with God. Right. He he wants he calls us to do that. Right. We don't have to convolute whatever message or request we're asking him with conversations, right? Like or right. just Right. conversating with him. Right. Going back to the Everyman and Warrior, they presented a, a method of praying. They called it war, uh, worshiping him, admitting sin, and then requesting. Mm-hmm. And that structure, I think, was cool for me to work through and see, is you know, you're worshiping him, you're thanking him for the things, you admit where you're wrong, and then in that, ask for what you, for what you need. Right. And we're like, when we worked through that and, and did that, it was, it was helpful. And then even to the, the next level of working with Gary, talking with him, like, have you ever wrote out your prayers? Oh yeah. That challenge from Gary was so crazy for me to literally, 
I type. I don't write because I can't read half my writing anyway. <laughs> so I was typing out my prayers, and it's like exactly that. Yeah. You get so wordy that even I lost track of what what am I asking God for? Right. And it's like, why? Like, And, and so that would be something that I would challenge anyone to do. Right. Write out your prayers. Write them out. And, and Gary said, I think last week or the week before, like a lot of times in writing them out, God will use that to speak to you. Yeah, and, that's right. I've had that happen. And mm-hmm. and you'll you'll see your prayer answered in that, mm-hmm. in writing them out, because it helps you think through that. And a lot of times, like we may dirty the waters a little bit in our thoughts or what we're requesting. Yeah. And in just that action of laying it out there, presenting it, writing it out, right. we see, hmm, maybe this isn't as as muddy as I thought it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And God really actually has blessed me in a lot of these things. Right. I, is there still this that I need help with God? Yeah. So I, I need your guidance on that. Yeah. But thank you for actually opening my eyes to all these other things that right. you have actually helped me with. I just right. didn't see it. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a beautiful idea. 100%. It, it reminds me of, uh, I wasn't always the greatest kid growing up, so oftentimes my parents would make me write sentences or in class, you know. So uh, it, it's the the meditation and truly thinking about what you did in, in the idea of writing sentences, yeah. in the idea of prayer, writing out your prayer. I think it's the idea of truly meditating on what the Lord is putting on your heart or what you feel that you would need for God's will to take place in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's super eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah, so Jesus um, continues, so do not be like them in verse 8, for your Father knows what you need before him, or before you ask him. In verse 9, pray then like this, and here we get the famous Lord's Prayer. Um, I'm in the ESV still. I'll just keep reading out of that. Um, he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So that's the prayer that he gives um, in just saying you ought to pray like this. There's so many things I want to talk about in there. Maybe the first thing is to say uh, the Lord's Prayer is a common prayer that people say all the time. And I think it's a wonderful thing to say, um, to memorize it and to have that be a part of your daily prayer to God is to recite the Lord's prayer, to, ha- to always have that in your head, um, meditating on it. The second thing is to say, this is not the only way that we pray to God. Uh, an obvious read through the New Testament would see a number of different ways that people have, uh, pray to God. You don't see Peter, Paul, John, uh, in their letter writing, get to the part where they want to pray and just cycle into the Lord's Prayer. So it's not like that's the only way you can pray. This is an example of what Jesus says or, or of how he says that you can pray. The third thing that I would uh, like to point out is that in even our memorization of this prayer and our saying it uh, often, we can sometimes forget what is happening or what we're appealing to God for in the prayer. We can We can read things like, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and just think like, if if you want it 
to to be like that. If you want your kingdom to come and your will to be done, we would like that to be done as well. That's not the language that's being said. It's your kingdom come. Like that's what I'm praying for, that it would be happen and that it would happen and your will would be done on earth as is in heaven. Like this is it's not su- it's not suggestive. Yeah, no, it's, it's not at all. It's direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you said do this. Is this what you want, Lord? Okay, let's have it done. Yeah. It's if this is what you want, then do it. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's something beautiful that you're you're pointing out your kingdom come. Like so now now uh right now this Jesus is still alive. We're in we're waiting for him to come back. So your we are right. right. We yeah, are now yeah. now. So yep. your kingdom come back to earth, Lord. Yeah, or be yeah. instituted here. R- right. Yeah. Be fine yep. consummated here. Yeah. 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 I mean, what did what did John the Baptist and Jesus say early on in the gospel? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Right. Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus ask us to pray for? That his kingdom would come. I have a question. Yeah, what's up? A hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What do you guys think it means? Mm. So, okay, so here's something Here's something that I do when I'm trying to f- uh, figure stuff out like that uh-huh. is to look at how different translations translate it. Okay. So uh, that's Matthew 6, uh, 7 or 6, 8. In the ESV, it says, hallowed be your name. In the NIV, it says the same thing. In the New Living Translation, which is often a helpful translation. It says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. In the Christian Standard Bible, it says, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. So to be praying that that God's name would be hallowed is that it would be set apart and made known for what it actually is. That it would not be dragged down and kicked around and he's God. Um, He's Yahweh. He's his name should be kept as holy, should be honored as holy, should be hallowed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then he continues, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation and, and but deliver us from evil. So give us our daily bread. Wait, is this Jesus applying in prayer what he taught us earlier? <laughs> Wouldn't that be strange? Strange. <laughs> that he was so consistent like that. Yeah. <laughs> he actually knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So we ought to be doing the thing that God is going, has done for us. Um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's our prayer. That, that we would be kept from temptation um, and we would be ultimately delivered from evil. Um, and that's why it's the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it's yeah, um, pretty condensed or pretty concise is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, very. Um, and what they're asking for. Yeah. Well, and it's like, like I was saying earlier, like it's, that's an example of being direct. Yeah. Like be direct in your prayer and be focused. And Jesus gives us a great example of, yeah. it's, it's concise. I wouldn't say short applies because it's not necessarily right. it's, short. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's concise in the word choice and how it's said and whatnot, but it's it's a culmination of what Jesus has told us already. Mm-hmm. And then he he's going to wrap up that, well, we call it a section, but he's going to wrap up this thought with saying, for, in verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I think Matthew six fourteen through 15 are one of those verses that we like to say, I'd rather not not be in there or I don't if there's if there's a verse that I don't want to follow or if there's something that Jesus says that I would rather he didn't say it would be this one 
Like, what do you mean if I don't forgive people, I will be unforgiven? Isn't God supposed to forgive me no matter what because he's such a gracious and merciful God? Isn't, isn't God supposed to be the bigger person here? <laughs> Always forgiving? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have to do that. That's his job. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's not what he says here. Seems like Jesus is saying, if you don't forgive, then you have no part in forgiveness. Like, you're not willing to forgive somebody Uh, another image bearer of God, then there's no, you're not even in the realm of forgiveness, right? Like that's not even in your worldview. It's not something that you appreciate. So why would you even care if God forgave you? You, You're not willing to forgive another person. Why do you care if you get forgiveness from somebody? Yeah. And that makes it like, do they care? Right. You know what I mean? And that's a thought that, you know, may never, I mean, won't get answered. Right. But do they do they even care if they get forgiveness? Right. Does who care? Whomever, right? Like so it says for uh for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father for also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sins, your father will not forgive yours, right? Mm-hmm. So the person um who isn't forgiving others of their sins, right? Do they care that the father's not going to forgive theirs? Is, is what I was getting to, right. right? It's like do they care? I would hope they care. I would say 100%. But then they're going to forgive sins, right? Right. If they care. But I don't think forgiveness comes overnight in all situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I agree yeah. completely. I, I, I don't know that I was putting a time. No, I, I, I just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page here. <laughs> you must forgive them in the next five minutes or else you're not forgiven by God. Right, because I'll, I'll, like some people go through some really tough yeah, stuff. Absolutely. And, and but, okay, so that's a good point to bring up. We are not saying, um, it probably sounded like that's what I was saying, we are not saying that you must forgive somebody immediately lest your salvation be lost. What I'm trying to say, what I think Jesus is saying is if forgiveness is not something you're interested in even pursuing, like you're saying it might take a while, right, man, um, you're going down a road where forgiveness is not important to you. And if forgiveness is not important to you, then forgiveness from your father is not important to you either, and that means a that means a big thing. It means it, that, you know. Yeah, and it goes back to that that place of where your heart is. Right. Well, because ev- I feel like eventually your heart's just gonna become hardened. Absolutely. Yes, that's the road that you're walking yeah. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't work towards that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is the the first couple sections here, but you know, chapter six definitely doesn't end there. So next episode. We're going to kind of round out chapter six. Yeah, um, go through the rest of it. Yeah, and we'll work through that and, and get to a couple more exciting parts of, of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So I hope you join us. Mm-hmm.